This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. It's true, I was still staggering as I was trying to get into my house on Tuesday night. I just, I have not been as wrecked as I was on Tuesday night. And you think, what's that all about? Don't, don't get stressed about it. It's actually very glorious. Um, the truth is, you know, sometimes God comes in such a way that he reveals to us that he's bigger and more glorious than us. And that, that we actually need supernatural help to be able to handle it physically, emotionally, how much he wants to pour out his spirit. And it's, it's so glorious. And uh, so I want to encourage you. And I don't believe it's just, you know, a little, a little taste. But I believe that God is, is looking for us to respond to a divine invitation. And it's an invitation into acceleration. Hallelujah. So we want to celebrate. I just want to um, take a couple of minutes just to, uh, just to hear what the Lord's saying. Um, you know, I was excited about a word that Todd Weatherly posted just recently. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. I posted it on the Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page. But I really felt uh, it really applies. So I'm just going read it, to read it to you. He said this. He had a flash vision on Tuesday night right before ministering at Field of Dreams. I saw the incident of Mick Fanning with the shark flash before my eyes. Who saw that um, situation? He was surfing off the coast of South Africa and uh, a huge great white shark uh, tried to eat him, knocked him off the board, and he escaped unscathed, which was an astonishing thing. It all happened on live television. Um, why you would go surfing in South Africa, I'm not quite sure, but hallelujah. Um, I saw the incident of Mick Fanning with the shark flash before my eyes. And I heard the Lord say, I closed the mouth of that shark and delivered him from an impossible situation. Then the scripture came to me. We have escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The snare <laughs> from the hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. We have escaped. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 124 verse 7 and 8. I believe that Mick Fanning represents Australia as well as individuals in difficult and impossible situations. As a nation, if the majority of the church continues to slumber and partake of the prevailing secular groupthink, then the civil liberties which we currently enjoy and take for granted, such as freedom of speech and freedom of religion, will be greatly eroded or, or lost. I also believe that many facing impossible situations relationally, financially, physically, etc., God is saying, you cannot break the snare of the enemy in your own strength. I have broken them. Look to me and rejoice in faith that I have already broken the enemy's snare over your life. Rejoice in this continually and start to function as sons and daughters of the Most High. We must stop feeling sorry for ourselves, stop making excuses, and in love and faith, take dominion over every situation contrary to the kingdom of love, power, and glory. McFanning ex escaped a very close encounter with an apex predator of the ocean, unscathed. This is a prophetic type for many who believe and choose to walk out of the broken traps of the enemy, the impossible situations, uns unscathed. 
And I got so excited about that because, you know, the Lord had been speaking to me, the snare is broken and we are escaped. Hallelujah. And God is looking for us to wake up and recognize that we are uh, stepping into a season of freedom like never before. I just want to take a couple of moments just to hear uh, if there's any other words from some of the prophets in the house. I saw, I saw Katie Spackman was here and is Lana here? Hallelujah. Amanda or uh, James, if any of you have a prophetic word, we just want to take a moment and just hear what the Lord's saying. So is, there, is, is anyone here just they felt they had a word? Come on, Katie. Shalabukosu. Katie's from Alice Springs. Hallelujah. Doing a wonderful work out there. Hi, everyone. Great to be with you tonight. Beautiful church. Um, I guess I just wanted to share with you um, a little bit of uh, what the Lord has been speaking to us about in the heartland and just what he's doing as far as a prophetic representation of our nation um, and, and the new thing that he's doing in our country. Um, so Lana and I were together over the weekend uh, with some beautiful ladies here um, that took us away for a rest. It was just amazing. And um, Lana shared that a few weeks ago, she had a vision of, um, of Uluru. And inside Uluru was the light of God, like this glory just coming out and spilling out. And um, it was around that time that I was actually there. And um, my Aboriginal friend about a year ago had a dream of um, standing on the rock and the Lord opened her eyes and gave her x-ray vision so she could see through the rock. And what she saw was um, an unborn baby, though in a like as in a womb. And um, just what the Lord has been speaking to us is he's doing a new thing in the country. He's releasing a new thing. And, and there's a new birthing of revival going on. So just to encourage you, I guess just an impartation from the heartland that the Lord is not forgotten the heart of Australia. He's not forgotten the heart of Australians. It's bigger. He's birthing a new thing in the heart of Australia and in the heart of Australians. And we're carrying revival um, for the nations in a way that we've never before. So. Yes, hallelujah. Why don't you reach your hands out to Katie and her family. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you've sent them, Lord, for such a time as this. And Lord, we thank you for increase. We thank you for your great grace, Lord. We speak grace, grace, Lord, over the heartland. Whoa. We speak grace, grace over them as they minister for you. And I thank you, Lord, for clear vision. I thank you, Lord, for great grace and great help, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Wow, it's good to be here on a Sunday. Are you happy? Yes, <laughs> We've got good reason to rejoice, you know? We really do. If we would just take time just to let the Lord help us give thanks. Can you think of five things that you could really just be grateful for right now? I want you to take 30 seconds and I want you to think of Five things that you can really feel gratitude about to God. Would you do that? Father, I thank you. Just take a moment.
You know, the reason that we do that, the Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. And it's in his courts, in his presence, that there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. It's a place that we have access to all the time. And no matter what you're going through, you have the opportunity to begin to enter in and you deliberately do it by entering his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, by giving him thanks, acknowledging, God, you're the reason that I'm able to breathe today. You're the reason that I can be here and corporately worship with you. We have the privilege of being able to stand in his presence and and, uh, think about the things that he's done, the good things that he's done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good. So I want to encourage you that this is not a season to be squandered, but it's a season that as we will give our focus to what the Lord's doing, we're going to see him do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I've been hearing some amazing testimonies of people that have been healed and God been doing some wonderful things in the services. But just love to hear what the Lord's been saying to each one of you um, and doing in the testimonies. So please write in and let us know. We love to hear the testimonies. I heard Amanda, uh, I mean, she put a post out this week. Come on up, Amanda, just for a moment and tell us what happened. I thought this was fascinating. Have a listen to this. Amanda Wells, as she comes, give her a hand. I have, uh, I've needed glasses since I was 17. I couldn't see um, uh, really past that sound desk. That would be about where I could see to. The rest would be totally just blurry. I couldn't even see when I'm preaching. I used to always have to wear my glasses just to see who put their hands up, you know, at salvation. And I can't read signs. And since I've been coming here, I've been believing God and I've been saying, Lord, I want my eyes healed. I'm, I lose too many pairs of glasses. I've lost about 10. And uh, um, it's getting expensive. And not only that, I just want to be healed. Anyway, I've noticed that my eyes started to get better and it just started to happen slowly and then this week particularly I was driving down the coast on Thursday night and still had my glasses on and I could not see a thing through them nothing and when I took them off I could read signs miles away and I just and God has totally totally healed my eyes I can see everything it's like yes God (laughs) it's so encouraging I thought that was awesome wow you know, and so, so we have a choice. You know, we can settle or we can choose to hope. And I tell you, those who hope in him will not be disappointed. He is faithful and he is true. Hallelujah. So, Father, we say this is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we thank you. We celebrate you. and We, we honor you. We worship you today. Hallelujah. I want to thank um, Dylan and the team this week. They've... Um, uh, sealed the ceiling. So, you know, it's a bit warm today. They had the heaters on. I had to get them to turn them off. But uh, previously we weren't able to use them because the ceiling wasn't sealed and the, the heaters would keep tripping. But a uh, Friday night we were toasty warm. And so if we have another cold snap, you can feel confident that we're going to be able to be uh, not freezing. Hallelujah. I used to bring a blanket to church if I wasn't preaching, put it over my lap, but you won't need to now. Hallelujah. So can we just give a a hand also to all the volunteers that have helped us with that? We want to say thank you very much. 
And, uh, you know, they've, um, Clem and I, I don't know who else has been involved in this. I think Clem's been the major one here uh, doing our baptismal font, which looks so amazing. And Mark Stokes and the team have just done an incredible job on the mother's room up there. So I'm just so thankful. You know, the Bible says that his people will be willing in the day of his power. And we're just so thankful for all of the volunteers, the helpers uh, at the gates, in the car park, uh, helping with the, all the different things out in the children's ministry. And we'd love you to be involved. We'd love you to, to get connected and help us because we need all the help we can get. Hallelujah. Because we're going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And we want to be known by our love for each other. I was um, at Pastor Jim Williams' funeral on Saturday morning. And uh, he's a very dear friend of ours, a, a, a mentor and spiritual dad to Tom and I. He married us and uh, and organized my credentials and did everything for me uh, to help launch me into ministry. And um, But as they were the talking, someone mentioned that, you know, they'd observe him as he was pastoring and he'd tell his people, he'd tell his leaders, walk, walk slowly among the people. And it, it just touched me, you know, the reality that, hey, every one of us as believers in Christ, we are called not to be consumer mentality, but to recognize that we've been called to be shepherds, under shepherds, under Jesus, that we would walk slowly among the people and take time to listen and not be so focused on what we have to do that we miss the opportunity to love somebody. I heard someone say once, you should never walk past somebody you love without touching them. Just to acknowledge that they're there, that you love them. And if we can do that corporately, I mean, as this church grows, I I can't, I can't talk to you all on Sunday. I would love to, but I can't physically manage it. But guess what? You can talk to people and you can actually start to take ownership in this church and be a family and look after each other. You see, if we only have paid people doing all of that, and our staff do an amazing job. I love our staff. But if we only have paid staff doing the loving and the caring, this isn't a family. This is more like an orphanage. But if we have the body of Christ deliberately coming to church, not to see what I'm going to get, but who can I touch and who can I bless and who can I encourage and who can I love today? Come on, church. We're going to build a family that people want to be a part of. Hallelujah. Where the lost are going to be found in Christ. And, uh, and we already do that. I, I'm so grateful for the way that you love so well. But I want to encourage you. I was reminded of that. As I was listening to Pastor Jim, I'll, uh, just them, them bring tributes to him. Well, Father, we say yes, Lord. We ask that you'd open the eyes of our hearts. You'd open our ears to hear what you have to say to us today. God, we long to go on from strength to strength and glory to glory. And you are the one that takes us. So, Father, we fix our eyes on you. You are our ever-present help in time of need. And we say, Lord, you are good. We love you and we lean on you. I've been doing a series on the wilderness. And I want to share today a little, a little more on what it is that we gain in those seasons when we feel a little bit like I can't see what's happening. I don't understand why circumstances are going on around us. You know, the why is never the right question. When if you try and get caught up in why are these things happened to me? Why why is this going on? That 
that question, and we've talked about that many times, can be a torment. But Jesus isn't looking for you to be asking, why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Who sinned that this is happening? Did I do something wrong? Did this... he, he's saying, I want you to look at who is the answer. Instead of looking at why is this happening, he wants you to look at who he is. And Jesus is the answer in every situation. Hallelujah. Yes, we can learn from certain situations, but God's heart is not that you would get tormented with regret and, and, and tied up in thinking, maybe I brought this upon me. The, the Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So instead of getting caught up in the, oh, woe is me with the afflictions of the righteous, God wants you to look instead at him who delivers you out of them all and learn how to come up out of the wilderness, lean on the one who loves you more than life. Hallelujah. To learn and to take the opportunity to have your, your authority and your weapons strengthened and tested and to become strong and mature in learning how to wage warfare against all the wiles of the enemy that you might not only survive, but you'd be a deliverer of deliverers. Hallelujah. That your breakthrough would be for others around you. So I want to share a little bit more on that today. Um, we, I want to look, if you would, at a scripture. Um, hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 5 to 10. Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. You know, we've looked at this scripture before, but I, as I was reading this today, I was thinking about the truth that God wants to speak to us. You know, a plumb line is something that to is talking about alignment, getting things straight and lined up. We've got a, a target in our backyard. Um, I'm thinking I need Joseph to move it because every time I look out the window, all I can see is this, this target for his arrows. And he, he's, got, he's got archery and, and Tom and he, they're a bit serious about their archery now. And they've got these serious compound bows and they, they like to, you know, uh, get it right. I tr I've tried a couple of times, but I um, realize I might need to lift a few weights because I, before I could pull back that sort of bows. I, I tried the children's bow and still had trouble. But um, one thing I do know is that if the arrows aren't straight, they will go awry. They'll go in the wrong direction. Things need to be absolutely focused. Things need to be straight and in alignment for it to hit the target. 
And often what we, what we walk through in our wilderness seasons, we, are, we often experience what feels like a pulling back and a, like, God, what's going on? I don't understand why when there's all these promises over my life that, that it seems like things are going wrong and it seems like I'm, I'm further away from the promise than I ever was. But the reality is God is allowing us to refine our focus so that we can get further and further accelerated. God's heart for us is that as we yield to him, we rest in him. He wants to take us on further than we've ever been before. Now, an arrow um, doesn't have a free will, but we do. And in order to really cooperate with what God's doing, we have to learn to rest. We can't try and make it happen, but we need to learn just to rest in the arms of God, lean back into Him and let Him help us really get focused, get still. Before the arrow gets released, there's a real focusing and there's a stillness that comes where, where it's absolutely set. It's not shaking all around. It's set and it's still. And God is looking for us every time he wants to release us into something new, to come into a place where we are resting and still trusting in him. Even in the place of tension and stress and pressure, God says, if you can just rest there, I am going to so make this work together for your good. If instead of struggling and fussing and worrying about it, you just rest there like an arrow in the bow, it doesn't matter how tight the tension is. In fact, the tighter it is, the faster you're going to be released. Hallelujah. And then God will set it and make it hit the target. And we can trust him. And so there's a divine alignment. Uh, Continually, God is allowing us to align our thoughts with his thoughts. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. He comes dressed up like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And often the, the sheep that the wolf dresses up as is you. In that he'll come and he'll dress himself up like your, your thoughts. And he'll begin to try and torment you and, and say, oh, think about how terrible this could be. This could be terrible. And then you feel bad because you're having terrible thoughts and you think, oh, God, help me. Why am I thinking, oh, it's terrible that I feel like this and get into condemnation over your thought life. Has anyone ever felt like that? That's the wolf dressed up as your own thoughts. And he is trying to get you to identify with the lie of the enemy that you are identified by your circumstances. See, the Bible tells us that we no longer live, (coughs) excuse me, but Christ lives in us. And if that be true, we also have the mind of Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. Therefore, I think his thoughts. I walk in divine peace. And when the enemy comes and I start having thoughts like, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? If I start getting anxious, if I start having anything that is contrary to what Jesus is, to the nature of the kingdom of heaven, then I can recognize, hang on, this is a foreigner. This is not, this is an unwelcome intruder. This is not who I am. This is 
a wolf come to rob from me right now. And we need to start to allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the weapons of the enemy and recognize, hey, hang on, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to be identified by my shame. I'm not going to be identified by by condemnation. I'm not going to be identified by those thoughts. I'm going to see it for what it is. An intruder coming to steal from me, wanting to bring me into a trap, a lie, a snare that has already been broken. The deceiver wants you to feel like you've been, (laughs) wants you to feel like you've been snared. He wants you to feel like you've been kept uh, and, and that you're, you're trapped and that you're trapped in this bondage of thoughts. You're trapped in this negative emotion. You're trapped in these worries and this anxiety. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you've been set free. Hallelujah. <laughs> God wants you to know that as you look at him and you are reminded, hey, anything that doesn't line up with the thoughts that I have towards you, Anything that doesn't line up with the truth that you have now, the mind of Christ. Is a lie. God's doing a new thing. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Transformation has happened. It's been completed when you have been born again. Hallelujah. You may feel like in a wilderness season you're in some sort of prison cell, but the reality is God has already opened the doors and the enemy wants you to believe that you're trapped in there, but the Holy Spirit wants you to recognize, hallelujah, I no longer have to be a slave to any of this rubbish. I don't have to listen to that. I can come in the name of Jesus and lift up my eyes to him and remind myself of what I look like. He says here in this, in this passage that um, he says, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. You know, God is wanting us to recognize that small things, the, be- the beginning is something that we can get excited about because it's a promise of things to come. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. And when we start to see things happen, <laughs> I've got a butterfly flying around in, all around the pulpit, which is quite remarkable. Hallelujah. But I believe it's a sign and a wonder saying, hey, you've escaped. You've escaped. Wow, Jesus. Wow, Jesus. Wow, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have escaped. And we can shout grace, grace to any circumstance that might come. When the enemy comes and he wants to say, hey, be afraid. You should be very afraid of this circumstance. Instead of going, stop, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you. You, can, you don't have to be a victim that has to try and ignore it. God doesn't want you to ignore intruders. Can you imagine if an tr- intruder came into your bedroom and was standing there and you go, I ignore you. 
you know, it's a bit strange. Sometimes we have this mentality. I'm just going to ignore. I'm going to ignore that the fact that you're there, scary person. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to sleep. No, the Lord says, hey, I've given you the weapons of your warfare and they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You don't have to tolerate anything that the enemy brings. There's feathers falling now. Hallelujah. (laughs) This is quite remarkable. Hallelujah. Grace, grace. We can speak grace, grace to the mountain. We can speak to it. And when you start to see these intruders and you, you, you recognize, hey, I'm, I'm wrestling with some thoughts here. Instead of continuing to wrestle, God wants you to wake up and recognize, hey, this isn't me I'm wrestling with. This is an intruder. And I'm going to deal with it like I would deal with an intruder. And I'm going to come against it with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we recognize, wow, okay, the enemy might be coming against you with thoughts of unforgiveness or, or um, anger or frustration or, uh, you know, concentrated uh, dialogue going on on the inside of you saying, oh, it's not fair, it's not fair. And then you start thinking, oh, I shouldn't be thinking like this. Oh, woe is me. The Lord wants you to address your thinking and say, hey, stop. He's trying to deceive you to buy the lie that that's coming out of you. But out of you now lives Jesus Christ. And that's not who you are anymore. You need to look at that and say, hey, this is the truth. Jesus Christ has already forgiven them. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and he lives in me. So in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I speak grace, grace grace to that situation. Hallelujah. They tell me this is a monarch butterfly. Hallelujah. Yes. Speaks of royalty and royal thinking. Hallelujah. You know, I believe in signs and wonders. We were just singing about them on on Friday night. Hallelujah. But we need to pay attention to what the Lord's saying, hey? Recognize the truth that he is so, so for us. We need to speak grace, grace to situations as they come up. You know, I remember once I did something really silly. I I put a private message that someone had sent me um, and I was trying to send it to somebody else that, you know, with their permission, I was trying to send it to somebody else just so that it was a prayer request, but it was something they wanted to keep private or something like that. I can't remember, maybe a pastoral concern about something and I accidentally posted it in public on the Facebook page. And when I realized what I'd done, I started moaning like a wounded animal. I was so, oh God, what have I done? Oh, what have I done? Jesus, what have I done? I was, I was groaning. My kids thought I had, you know, someone had died or something terrible. Oh, no. Making these terrible noises because it's like so much pain here. I was trying to delete the thing and it was still popping up, and people were calling me and telling me, I don't think you meant to post that. And then all day long, I'll be thinking about, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, because I felt so bad for the person, you know? And, um, And I did everything I could. But then I decided, okay, enough's enough. 
I'm just going to speak grace, grace to this situation. Every time I think about it, I'm just going to declare grace, grace, because it really looks like a mountain to me right now. So I spoke grace, grace. Every time I'd have the thought, grace, grace. And every time I began to speak grace, grace, I began to get excited about how God was going to turn it around for good. I, got, I began to come into, instead of being fearful, I began to get excited about how God was actually going to bring supernatural grace in this situation and make a miracle out of my mess, bring me beauty for ashes. And, you know, I've, I watched and saw it. God did turn it around for good. It was wonderful. But I've, I've learned over the years that we have to take every circumstance and begin to declare grace, grace to it. In whatever circumstance you're going through, the wilderness is your opportunity to actually just sharpen your sword, to, to, ha to take opportunity to go, oh, I recognize what this is. I see it as an intruder, and I'm just going to practice using the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah. This is my opportunity to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. This is my opportunity to walk and exercise the liberty and freedom I have. I don't have to be somebody that is constantly beset with this. Instead, every time it comes, I can use it as an opportunity to remind myself of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. It's my opportunity to remember, thank you, Father. I have been made more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Hallelujah. Then in, uh, as we walk through life, the Bible says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You might think, well, that's good for you, God. But the reality is, he says now, it's no longer you who lives, in, uh, who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Therefore, you also have overcome the world. You have been given opportunity to begin to rule and reign on the earth. That you've been given opportunity, instead of being a victim, to be a conqueror. One who walks with royal authority, hallelujah, not limited to human circumstances, not limited to, to whatever you might be walking through. And I tell you, when you come through, you're going to be able to turn and strengthen your brethren. You've already been made a new creation. You've been given everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness. But in every circumstance you walk through, you have the opportunity to discover exactly what it is you've been given. And as you discover the strength of the weapons of your warfare, as you discover the glory of what it means to have the authority of Christ, and you learn to use it, and you become a seasoned warrior, you get to then start to take nations for Jesus. Instead of just surviving, you get to become a warrior that leads others into victory. For God's heart for you is never that you would just survive and do okay. Christ in you wants to be absolutely glorious. He wants you to, to, to see the world around you impacted and changed for him. I meet people and, who've been saved many years and they, they often still can have an attitude of, well, you know, I'm getting by, I'm doing okay. And I, I, I hear those sort of comments and I understand, you know, if, if they're going through a hard time, we weep with those who weep, we mourn with those who mourn. 
But if your attitude is like that all the time, you are living way below what God has called you to. God hasn't called you to get by. He's called you to fly. Hallelujah. <laughs> he hasn't called you to be a mere human that just waits until eternity one day when I can be happy. Seriously. God is looking for you to step into your God-given inheritance right now. And we do it not by being placid, but by being active in the rest of faith, by picking up the sword of the Spirit and saying, God's already given that to me. Make way. Grace, grace, mountain. You're going to become a plane. Hallelujah. Grace, grace. And you can take it. So when the enemy comes in like a flood... Here comes the Lord. He comes in and he makes those, his glorious ones shine. In fact, it's our opportunity to demonstrate the kingdom and the authority of Jesus. We get to speak to, speak to circumstances. We get to speak to the thoughts that come against us and say, that is not who I am. And I am not going to accept that any longer. Hello. I'm waiting for this to come and light on my finger. That'll be a nice way to finish the um, <laughs> finish the sermon. Hallelujah. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to step out of our old way of thinking, our old way of living, and step into the freedom that God's given to us. The freedom to think like he thinks, to know his thoughts, to walk in his ways. In whatever circumstance we walk through, he is looking for us to know and understand the truth that he has set us free. We don't have to live in the bondage of the enemy's attempts to try and define us by our circumstances. We don't have to live in the bondage of, of being beset by stuff. But he wants to allow us to step up into the freedom he's given us. That freedom is a wonderful thing because if you live there, then you're no longer weighed down by the heaviness that the enemy wants to put on you. Now he says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. But there are so many believers who walk around carrying their cares and you see them and you can, you can feel them and, and, and you, can, you can try to help them. But until they cast their cares on Jesus, you can only help them a little bit. You can only carry their burdens for so long. But if you will teach them, cast your cares on him. Let them go. Engage in divine exchange right now. If there is lies coming against you, you can get excited and go, thank you, Jesus. I exchange all these lies that have been coming against me. I sow them in faith and I exchange it for supernatural truth and revelation. I ask for double recompense for all of these lies that have been coming against me, that I would walk in supernatural revelation, supernatural truth. And the enemy goes, he gets quite confused, quite concerned. It's like, hang on, that wasn't supposed to happen. We can take every single thing the enemy throws at you. Have you ever been in bed struggling, trying to get to sleep and worried, oh, as the time gets closer, you've got to get up and the night ticks on and, oh, I'm struggling and I'm anxious. Instead of living in that place, you can go, well, Father, I thank you 
that you are my beloved. You said you give your beloved sleep. And I thank you, Lord, that this time that I've been wasting and, and that I've struggled to go to sleep, I sow it. And I ask that you'd redeem the time absolutely gloriously. I ask, Lord, that you'd help me to walk in perfect peace. And I'm going to use this opportunity to focus on you while I'm awake. Pretty, pretty soon, watch and see, you'll fall asleep. But there is nothing the enemy can bring against you that God doesn't want to turn around for good. But he waits for you to start to sing, O Baron, like I shared on Friday, to start to rejoice about what's going to happen, to start to celebrate about the breakthrough that's about to come, to start to take your thoughts and, and emotions off the circumstance and put them on the one who is the answer, who is the breakthrough. Begin to declare grace, grace to the circumstance and then begin to sing and rejoice about what those circumstances are going to look like when God brings double recompense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To actually begin to live in it, emotionally step into it and start to enjoy it. Start to let your heart sing. You know, that's exactly what I experienced as through that day I was saying grace, grace to that circumstance. I went from being anxious to actually getting excited about what God might do. God wants to take everything you're walking through and turn it around for your good. But if you just sit back and wait for him to do it, he's there going, I've already done it. Now I'm waiting for you to simply go and take a hold of it. He's already paid for you to have it. You've just got to go and exchange it. He's waiting for us not to be passive, but to get up, shake off the ashes and the sackcloth and arise and shine to take up the word of the Lord, the sword of the spirit and to exercise it so that we can see the strongholds come down and the glory of the Lord manifested among us. And then God will take you and instead of being distracted with just trying to survive in the, in the mud that the enemy's been trying to throw at you, you can then move on to the thoughts of Jesus and his dreams for the kingdom that he's got for you to do. These distractions are designed to keep you in a flesh and blood, in, in a struggle where you think that you're fighting yourself. We don't wrestle ourselves. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so if you've been trying to wrestle with yourself and your thoughts, you're not wrestling yourself. You're, you're in a deception. You are wrestling with the one that is trying to deceive you. And as soon as you see him, and as soon as you identify him, you go, I see you. I know what you're doing. I know who you are. That's not, who, that's not me. That's not my thought. In Jesus' name, get behind me, Satan. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Whatever the circumstance, by his stripes I am healed. Or great shall be the peace of my children. Or he's going to prosper me and, and cause me not to harm, his desires for me and not to harm me, but to prosper me. And that I would be in health even as my soul prospers. His desire for me is that I would walk in long life. Hallelujah. And as you speak the word of the Lord, that it comes forth with so much power. On Tuesday night, we were praying and um, there'd been some quite intense warfare going on. And, uh, and as, as people were praying, I was saying, Lord, how do you want to pray? How do you want us to pray? How are we going to see the breakthrough here? And he just began to speak to me. He said, just begin to pray the word of the Lord. Just begin to pray the word of God. 
So I just encourage people just to start praying scripture, praying the word of the Lord. And bit by bit, the atmosphere shifted, things changed. And I tell you, the glory of the Lord came so strongly that, that you know, I don't even know exactly what happened because I was gone with Jesus. It was so glorious. But it begins with us actually being proactive, not waiting for God to do something, but actually getting up and doing something with what he's given us. Hallelujah. Beginning to take captive those thoughts and deliberately picking up the, the word of God that he's given us. That's why we've got to be so careful that we don't um, allow ourselves to be sidetracked with exciting ideas or this or that the word of God it will remain and it is the one weapon we've been given the one thing that we've been given to fight off the attacks of the enemy is the sword of the spirit which is the word of God now call me old-fashioned but I still believe in the power of the word of God and until the day I die, I believe my heart's desire is that God's word would be so embedded in me that when I face circumstances, it would be the word of God I bring out as my first and strongest defense. Hallelujah. Because he is my fiercest defender and he is the word of God. And his delight is that we would use it effectively and powerfully. Hallelujah. You know, it's often then after we have a victory that the enemy wants to come in and, and discourage us. I, I, I often get my intercessors, I ask my intercessors to pray stronger after a crusade or after a, a conference than in, even in the preparation leading up to the conference because coming down the mountain can be more dangerous than going up. Because after you've just won a, a victory, the enemy wants to come in and try to discourage you. We see that happen with Elijah when he came against the prophets of Baal. So this great victory, hooray! And then as he, as he came down from the mountain and he heard about Jezebel's threat, he just went into this deep, dark depression and wanted to die. But that's, you know, a picture of how the enemy comes against us. You might be physically tired after seeing something wonderful happen. You might have been engaged for a long time in a battle and see a breakthrough. But then you still need to be vigilant. We are, we are allowed to physically rest. But if we've got to be vigilant not to just go, well, I'm just going to veg out and drop the ball a bit. Because if you aren't keeping yourself pure, if you aren't keeping yourself in alignment with who he is and the word of God, then that acceleration that you've got from the breakthrough can be distorted. And you can end up somewhere you don't want to be. So God's asking us, even when we feel like, wow, we've just had a great breakthrough, to continue to keep our focus clearly on him, to begin to continually fix our thoughts and our minds and to recognize, Lord, you are my anchor. You are my hope. You know, you might be um, in, a, in a fight and you read the word of God a whole lot, but when you come through it, just read it just as much or more because the word of God will keep you aligned. It's like a Holy Ghost chiropractor. You know, my dad wouldn't like chiropractors so much. Sorry if you're a chiropractor, he's a doctor. Yep. But, um, but chiropractor is the best thing I can think of to try and straighten you out in the physical. But in, uh, in the spirit, the Bible straightens us out. 
If you, if you think you've got a great revelation, let the word of God be the plumb line and see how it goes. Don't try and make the word of God line up with your revelation. Read whole books of the Bible with an open and a teachable heart and let the Holy Spirit plumb line, the word of God, straighten you out. Because as you do, and as you focus on the one who is the word of God, you are going to be sent forth and into it a divine acceleration like you have never even imagined. What God's about to do with his people is beyond your capability to actually imagine. And this isn't just for some. This is for anybody who will respond. I believe prophetically we are about to step into a season that is unprecedented in human history. That there is going to be gifts. We're going to see the gifts of the Spirit operating at a level we have not even heard of before. Hallelujah. Did Jesus not say greater works than these shall they do? Well, this is a time for us to recognize, hey, it's not, a, it's not time for me to sit back and just get by. This is a time for me to really focus, to line myself up with the Word of God, to rest into Him, whatever process He might be taking me through, trusting in Him, using the weapons that He's given me, and deliberately taking ground for Him. And He will see a glorious acceleration before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. And I want to be part of it. You want to be a part of it, whether you might know it or not. If you're a believer, the Spirit of God within you wants to be a part of it. He wants you to get out of surviving the mud and the muck and start dreaming the dreams of Jesus that He created you to dream. And you can't get out of it unless you actually apply these simple truths by picking up the Word of the Lord. If you just ignore it, then you never enter into the dream world. And I'm not talking about a spiritual dream world of, a, of Aboriginal um, make, making, but I'm talking about the dream world of God, where we start to walk, step into the, the dreaming of Jesus, where we start to believe what he's saying. We dream his dreams. We think his thoughts. The heart of God is that we would recognize and know that he wants to birth in you dreams beyond what you could ever have imagined. What's it going to look like for the people you're going to minister to? What's going to happen? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would help us recognize that the snare is broken and we are escaped. Lord, that you would cause your people to fly. Father, that you would cause them to, to live in a place of freedom, Lord God. Freedom from themselves. Hallelujah. I thank you that you came and you gave us grace, grace to be free from ourselves. Free from the old identities. We're not identified by our past behaviors. We are not identified by what we've been struggling with. We're not identified by our circumstances. We are identified by who you are. And Lord, I ask that they would take the next step to step into the freedom of Jesus and walk in, in, in enforced victory and fly with you into all that you've called them to do, Father, in your precious and holy name. Father, we ask that you'd come. Holy Spirit, come. Papa, we ask, Lord, that you would bring liberty to the captives right now. 
Lord, I just speak to oppression, Lord, that has been uh, tying people up here right now in Jesus' name. And I say, go in Jesus' name. I come against the lies of the enemy and I say, in Jesus' name, be free. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you came and that you've given us the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you right now. The chains are broken, Lord, and we are escaped. Lord, help them to walk and deliberately walk in the freedom. For freedom, you have set us free, Lord Jesus. So, Father, let us walk in the freedom. You want us to walk in the freedom that you've set us free to live in. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that you'd help us to understand what that looks like. In Jesus' holy name, everybody said. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? A wonderful God. You know, we're going to, I'm going to ask the, um, the ushers to hand out communion right now, if you would. But while we do that, I just want to ask you, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking in relationship with God, Jesus came and He laid down His life. He died for us so that we could be made new, so that we could be set free from sin. We could be set free from our old lives. We could be eternally brought into salvation with Him, that we could have relationship with Him. And it happens through divine exchange. It's us saying, Lord, I give you my sin and I receive in exchange your mercy and your forgiveness. I give you my life and in exchange I receive your life. I give you my old identity and in exchange I receive a new identity. That's what it means to be born again. We do it by having faith in what Jesus did for us. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart you need to get your life right with Christ, A lot of people believe that God exists, but He is waiting for you to engage in divine exchange so that you could become transformed, that you could become brand new. If that's you, I'd like you just to raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you. I see your hand. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of God. I see your hand. Hallelujah. It's so beautiful. I see your hand. That's so precious. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I want to receive. I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. I want to become a new creation today. Anybody else here? Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Yes, I see your hand. That's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. I'd ask you, if you would, would you come? Just come, and I want to pray for you right now before we go any further. If that's you, there's a few of you there, about four or five people. If you could come, I want to just pray for you right now because I believe God is going to do a sovereign work transforming you. Just like we've seen this butterfly as a sign and a wonder flying around today, I believe God is about to bring new life for you. So give them a hand as they come, would you? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Come, 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 come. If you want to join them, feel free. You can come. Hallelujah. Hey. Hooray. you all pray this after me? Father God, I believe 
you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe Jesus is the son of God, that he died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. I give you my old life and I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. Help me, Lord, to know you in ever-increasing ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, I want you to stretch your hands out to them right now. And I want you to pray for them like they're your sons, your daughters, your sister, your brother. I want you to reach out and pray that the Lord would make this so real to them. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your Holy Ghost touching, Lord, transforming. In Jesus' holy name, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you make them new in you, Father, by your Spirit, by your power, Papa, now. Father, I thank you that your grace comes upon them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you touch them, Lord. I thank you make it new on the inside, brand new, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Today is the day everything changes. Lord, I thank you that he belongs to you, oh God. Father, I thank you that you know him and that you love him. Father, I ask as they lie down, as they get up, they'd be aware that you're with them. Holy Spirit, touch them. Father, overwhelm them with your love and your mercy. I thank you that today is a new day. God, I thank you that you are the one that brings transformation. Lord, touch them. Father, I thank you that they're new from the inside out. Lord, I bless them in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to just for a moment, just go with Pastor Joel here. And he just wants to encourage you. He's going to pray for you. And uh, then you can come straight back in to the service. He wants to take you with him. Father, why don't you give them a big hand as they go? Father, thank you, Lord. We celebrate with you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we love you. We love you. Papa, ropa pakasa, shekea suhto romasa, papa. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, God. Yes, God. I just sense breakthrough here right now. There's just an an anointing for breakthrough. Father, I thank you. I just saw a gate that had been closed just fall off its hinges. Whoa. Wow. He's here right now. Whatever breakthrough you need, just reach out and take it. Papa, in Jesus' name, I declare the breakthrough of God comes in, sweeping in right now. Freedom, breakthrough, freedom, breakthrough, freedom, breakthrough now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are here. You are here. You are Lord of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. Papa. Spirit. Father, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. Hallelujah. I want you. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Father, yes. Whoa, Jesus. Father, thank you. Father, we say thank you. Ha, ha, ha. 
we're gonna <laughs> I see you've got your communion in your hands we're gonna do things a little differently today I want you to take your communion we just uh, we still have our communion groups in a little while but we're gonna drink and eat together because I believe the breakthrough is here I want you to take this bread and if you need healing in your body I want you to begin to lay hold of it. why don't you stand with me we're going to eat together and as we do I want you to celebrate the truth that by his stripes you were healed he has already given it to you I want you to take the sword of the Lord and say the Lord my God he is my healer he is the one that heals all my diseases he is the Lord my healer and let's eat together hallelujah